welcome to the new episode of PWI's podcast Ignite. Today we have Teresa Nera with us and she will talk about the tra- process of transformation, how a coach or mentor can be of help for that. And she has so many great tips. So just have a quick listen. We're now in the episode with Teresa Nera. She's the VP for membership of PWI Russells. We're so much excited to get to know more about her experience and her advocacies and motivations in her life. Please welcome with me today, Teresa Nera. Hi, Teresa. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're so excited. We know your your schedules are packed, but thank you for finding time for us. Well, there's always there's always a, a creneau of time. Well, we always make it happen. That's what <laughs> volunteers at PWI do. That's really great. Um, we're very much excited to get to know more about you and how you're part of this great machinery of PWI. Maybe maybe we could start first on how you joined PWI as a member and your first experience with PWI Brussels. Okay, well, two different things actually. My first experience with PWI Brussels was almost 30 years ago when it was wow. brand new and I was a young worker and I went to a PWI meeting at the SAS Hotel. I'll never forget. It was a big event and it was very impressive. And I was just this young, you know, 20-something wondering what the hell am I doing here? And uh, people were very friendly, but I didn't have the money to to join at that time. And I just kind of wandered away. So flashback to two and a half, three years ago, One of my good friends is a member of PWI, and she brought me along to the gala dinner. And the speakers were fantastic. The people we sat with at the table were very engaging. And I signed up immediately afterwards. And one of the reasons was that camaraderie, because working as a consultant, I do a lot of work on my own. And so being part of a network like PWI gives me access to intelligent women who have a wealth and variety of different experiences and having these interactions in the different events that are offered by PWI, it really added to my connections. Uh, You know, I felt like after a day of working from home or or working alone, it gave me something to look forward to, to have these um, these interactions. Yeah, that's I, I could resonate with that because that's the similar feeling that I had when I was joining first all those events and just to be connected with amazing people like you are. It's it's overwhelming to 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 be in touch with with different people from different walks of life, which brings me to so before you are a PWI member, before you're a PWI part of the board, who is Teresa Nera, like if we are to ask you to introduce yourself to us, how how would you do that? And how would you introduce yourself to us? Uh, I introduce myself as a Belgian American. So I've lived half of my life in both countries. I'm a dual national. I speak French. My family, my family that's here in Belgium, my husband and my children. So I, I really feel like I'm a, I'm a local. And when it comes to my work, I call myself a transition coach, facilitator, and trainer. 
So I love working with people who are in life transitions, whether it be a personal transition or a work-related transition, a promotion, um, becoming a manager, moving to a different location, taking on a new challenge, uh, or there are, um, I've done a lot of coaching for students who are not sure what they want to study, or students who are just getting their diploma and they're not sure what kind of a company or what kind of an industry to get into because they're very limited. They might not have had any stage or exposure or, in, or internships. And uh, so that is something that, that really inspires me is, is to work with people in transition. I love working with um, new managers who are managing for the first time in terms of communication skills and getting to know your own strengths and what you can bring to the position regardless of your, your age or experience. That's amazing. It's a very specialized and precise uh, profession, I believe. And was it something that you've you you've always wanted that you you wanted to do? Is this is this like a I wouldn't say a childhood thing? But how did you get to this line of work? Uh, very interesting. Well, actually, I trained to be a teacher. Oh. So, yeah. My my diploma, my undergraduate degree was to be um, a teacher. I never taught, but I went into the business world and I went and I started writing computer documents, which is a way of, of teaching, but in a written form. And then I started creating courses and the courses were more technical, but then I moved into the human resources area. And that's where I started to really develop the psychological side of training. So fortunately, while I was working at MasterCard, I was able to attend and learn a lot of different human resources related material, different um, tools, different concepts, different communication skills, um, trainings, and I was able to interact with people. And one of the major transitions was when MasterCard bought Europay and there was a, a diverse two diverse workforces, the American workforce and the European workforce. And I guess this goes into one of my, my strengths that you might be asking about or something I'm proud of. And, and I was in a unique position as an American living in Belgium to help MasterCard through that integration of cultures, helping the Americans understand the Belgians and helping the Belgians understand the Americans. So it wasn't a them and an us, it could become a we. And so I really appreciated that transition. And then I became a coach. So I became certified as a coach and that just continued. And working with a coach mentality through in all of the different human resources topics and in my private life has brought me to have the experience to realize that uh, coaching through transition transition is where we look at ourselves and we have self-doubt yeah like okay there's something yeah. i'm 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 happy with who i am and now you're asking me to do or to be something new in this new transition and so it's a moment of awakening yeah. of, okay, what am I going to do and who do I want to be and making it an active choice rather than being reactive and wondering, well, what is going to happen to me during this transition? 
So I want to put people in the driver's seat. And um, I guess just to go on to that, maybe I'm just blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I have a vision impairment and that made it a personal transition for me to go from being fully sighted, being able to drive and work very simply on the computer to in a matter of six months, having lost my vision where I had to give up driving and I had to change my whole way of working and whole way of being. And I questioned myself of what can I do and who am I going to become? And so getting myself out of that was huge. So that, I'd say that personal transition and what I've went through, I believe really made me decide that this is what I wanted to do is not to have people get stuck like I was and to help them realize you can be the actor in deciding who you want to be rather than looking around and saying, this is happening to me. No, I can own it and I can make the best out of what's, uh, what life has given me. I found it so powerful that in terms of transition, so initially you said about managers transitioning to a new role, like there's this external physical transition, but you also are like addressing this internal transitions that might even be bigger or much more impactful in a person's life. And and for you to go through that process and share that with, with us and with the people that you're helping with, it's, it's, it's just so, so powerful. Um, did you, did you, if, if you were to, to, to think or to give an advice to someone who would want to do the same path as you would or explore the same genre of, of, of coaching, what would you, what would you tell, what would you tell them? Well, the first thing I want to tell anyone who wants to be a coach or a mentor is you need to have a coach and a mentor. You need to appreciate the value of what a coach and a mentor can bring. And when I was, I went actually, I went through the coaching certification and I had a coach and that really helped me through my personal transition. When I went from fully sighted to vision impaired and the coaching was a huge benefit for me. And when you have that internal you know, you know it works, yeah. then it's easier for you to actually embody that when you want to coach or mentor someone else. I, I do also think that if you're going to be working with in a company, for example, that if you have worked in a company, that also helps you be empathetic with the people rather than just being um, theoretical. Mm -hmm. So... I don't want to say that people who are young can't become, can't be good coaches. I'm sure there are plenty who are excellent coaches. I do think though, there's an added value of empathy when you're coaching someone in a business sense that you have had that business experience. Yourself, yeah. I'm I'm quite fortunate to be part of the mentorship program with PWI and I'm, I'm so pleased to be to be mentored by by someone from the from the group 
I'm curious though, would you have any advice on how to select a mentor? Like if you're not part of a program, do you just reach out to, to someone who you think who could coach you? Or is there a strategy for, for us uh, who wanted to learn not only for, for a coaching role, for example, but in, in, in our own sectors or in the own businesses that, that we currently have? Well, when I was, let's say, when I was your age, <laughs> mentoring programs didn't exist. It was you, you found people and you made connections. My previous mentors, as I was, you know, going through my career, were previous bosses who I looked up to and respected. And so they might have moved to another company. They might have had a different assignment. I just said, can we keep in touch? And we would keep in touch. We'd have maybe a drink or we'd meet for lunch. And they became my unofficial mentors. I didn't say, will you sign this mentoring agreement and become <laughs> yeah. my official mentor? No, it was just organic. It just happened. And then um, another angle for me is I sought out some people in the company. When I saw a job that I was interested in in the future, I sought out the people in the company who did that. And I, I didn't say, will you be my mentor? But I said, you know, I'd like to find out more about your department. Mm -hmm. You know, could, could we have lunch sometime? And that, some of that developed into a mentorship relationship. So those would be two angles for me, you know, previous boss or colleagues even, uh, and or seek out people who are doing a job that you're interested in and just ask to have a chat with them. And for example, you are our mentor, like our listeners, you would be our mentor. How do you, how does the, rela how does the relationship with a mentor and mentee work? Like how would you like prod us to the direction or like, because as you mentioned, uh, there are different ways of having, you can have a coach, you could have a mentor and it could be of all different things. It could be personal. How, how, if I, if I have Teresa as my mentor, how would that be? How does um, that look like? Well, let me just say, I'm in the mentoring program as a mentor for the first time this year. And I must say, I love it because as a coach, you can't give people advice or tell them what to do or anything. So as a mentor, I can, I can share some of my experiences and I'm not saying everything I've done is perfect or it's great. But I can divulge a bit about me and about my challenges and what's worked and what hasn't worked. And so that's what I'm doing with the people I'm entering and um, giving suggestions and ideas and advice. Whereas when you have Teresa as a coach, it's not about me. It's about you. So I go into more of the questioning mode. And of course, with my mentors, I am questioning. It's not all about me. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it's completely different when I'm working with someone as a coach. Yeah. It has to be their agenda. Well, with mentoring as well, but it's their agenda, but it's trying to get their answers and trying for the coach E, the person I'm coaching to bloom and to mm -hmm. blossom into the ideas and for them to generate those ideas. And so I have to shut my mouth. <laughs> I have to hold back and and really become even more empathetic with where are they coming from. So 
it's it's two sides kind of of the same coin you still need good listening you still need to be empathetic you have to care uh but one is about giving Mm -hmm. in terms of advice and knowledge and the other one is about um questioning and challenging and getting the most out of your person so it's like wearing a different hat for the different time or different purpose exactly and and sometimes in my mentoring i say you know what i'm going to put on the coach hat because i think you know (laughs) then i just give them a question and i let them i see their you know their, their brains are ticking and sometimes when i'm coaching someone where we might be usually closer to the end i say if it's okay i'd like to share a few ideas with you um one thing I do is I would never share one idea mm-hmm. because one idea sounds like you should do this. Yeah. So even when I'm coaching, I say, well, here's a few options you might want to consider. Never one, because then they still have to engage and choose which one they might want to consider or even divulge. Uh, I'm curious, there is, as a as a mom, do you apply the same mentoring and coaching strategies for for the for the children (laughs) it's funny that you say that because i try i try it's sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but a recent success story i must say is um my my daughter is looking to be an entrepreneur and she was challenged she wants to find a partner and the partner she wanted was letting her down And so rather than say, you should try, you know, and give a name, I, I challenged her with coaching questions. That's so cool. She came up with with the perfect name and they're now getting, uh, starting to brainstorm and get together. So I'm really happy that I didn't come up with You gave her the options, maybe? I didn't even give her options. Oh, wow. I just gave her, I gave her some questions about the type. I said, so you're looking for someone who has this experience, correct? You're looking for someone who has that experience. And so then I said, where can you find that? Who do you know? And, you know, she went through her brain and she started ticking it off and she found the person. Yeah, that's indeed a success story in its own. And it's, yeah, it's, it's nice how you're able to apply different, like, strategies. And I wouldn't say it's, it's like you're mentoring or coaching your children. But yeah, how, how really relevant and how helpful, as you said, like, listening, asking questions. And I, I, I guess it also goes the other way for myself, maybe if I want to do to have a, a very good conversation with my parents and, and also give them advice in, in some things that maybe I would know a bit more of. I could also not instruct them <laughs> and I- instead ask the, the right questions for them to make that the better decision. So I, I would take this as a tip from you, um, Teresa. Well, also with my children, and actually even when I'm coaching or mentoring, before giving an idea, I usually ask, can I, can I give an idea? Can I share an idea with you? Yeah. Because what can, what can often happen is you say something. When I say you, I say in general, someone mm-hmm. can say, well, maybe you can do this. Or what about that? And you throw out an idea and someone isn't ready to hear it. 
So if yeah. I just say, can I share a few ideas with you? They can say yes or no. Yeah. And then you have the permission to share and then you know they're willing to listen to you. Yeah. So that's uh, for me, that's a little trick that I'm using with um, when I'm mentoring, when I'm coaching and also interacting with, with my husband and my children. <laughs> <laughs> Ask permission before you dive in to give your opinion. Yeah, that's really because, for example, you were just trying to help. And if the person is not ready to help, it, it might be taken the wrong way. But when you get that consent that you're allowed to say these things, it, it, it gives you both uh that gift of you sharing what you know and oh, and the person getting the ideas from you that's that's really wonderful um you already mentioned about like your recent success with with your with your with your child but i'm i'm i would want to ask if there's any i would say biggest like it, it it would be difficult to put some gravity to to the word but you know what is it like the biggest failure or the biggest success that you've encountered in your life, which maybe become a turning point of your life and how, and what did you learn from it? If that you could share with us. Um, well, I think I discussed some of the successes already. Um, I guess one of, and when I, when I knew you'd ask me about this, failure, <laughs> I was trying to think, uh, I don't see things necessarily as failures. They're learning opportunities. So I was searching my brain and I wouldn't yeah. go back and label this as, oh my gosh, that was the master failure. I would say though, that for me, a failure would be, I didn't take an opportunity when I should have pushed it. Um, I didn't take the chance. Mm -hmm. I didn't raise my hand. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, for me, it was almost fear of failure. You, you see what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So we, we can let the fear of failure hold us back from something that could, could be a failure. That's fine. You know, sometimes yeah. you just have to, you know, go out and try it and accept that you might fail. So in a way, because I can't go back and think about something that I really had a fantastic screw up, I think it's because I played it too safe. Mm -hmm. I might not have taken opportunities. I held myself back and I probably could have gone even further in my life and career if I maybe took a bit more risks or um, raised my hand or jumped in when I should have or when I could have. Yeah. So I guess that would be a bit of, let's say, a failure for me is having that fear of failure to hold myself back. But that liberating that you rephrased the question altogether because I, I, I think it also makes a lot of change in one person's head. When you ask the question, Perhaps if I ask someone else, they would have a long list of the, what they call failures. When in fact, as he said, they're just learning opportunities. See, we, we shouldn't be labeling these things as failures or successes even maybe. Even a success can perhaps be uh, a learning opportunity altogether. Um, and I, I like how you, you took that in. And, and now, if I think about it, indeed, like what is failure anyway? 
and 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 you put it very nicely that it's just the fear of it that we didn't want to take that opportunity well success can only come after you've made some incremental failures along the way yeah you're never successful at the first time yeah i shall make it a quote teresa <laughs> that's beautiful I think if you go on my uh, my website, transformingtalent.com, uh, I have a quote of the week. And I think that is one of the quotes of the week that I put down. And that's why it was in my head. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, moving towards maybe the last few questions, Teresa. Um, given the situation now with the pandemic and people still wanting to improve themselves, find themselves, really understand where they want to be, maybe you can share one or two advice or a step where they could take now, like an action that they could just do now, not to put too much effort on it, but something that they could do now to change their life in that, and, and move to that direction closer to, that, to what they want. Hmm. Let's see. I think one of the things that um, I try to tell everyone, and that's part of that learning curve, is ask for help. Ask for help. Uh, and more than likely, you're going to get it. Ask, and if it's not ask for help, ask for what you want, ask mm -hmm. for what you need. So if especially in this remote environment that we're in, we don't have the physical presence to just kind of look over at our colleague mm -hmm. and say, hey, can you help me with this? Or, hey, can I have a chat about this? We don't have that ease that we used to. And, and I think that's a shame that we, we need to continue to engage with other people so we can continue to learn. We don't have to do it all on our own. Yeah. If you need something, if you have a question, if you have a concern, a quick chat to a colleague, uh, a little email to your boss, um, that is another form of interaction to keep the social connection going and to know that you're not in it on your own. Yeah. I guess that would be one of the, the key things that I've learned as well. I've, had, I've been working on my own remotely for over 10 years in my position at Transforming Talent as a coach and facilitator. So I'm, I'm used to working remotely and alone. And I know it's a struggle for people to, to take away that social connection. So find ways to, to connect with little chats or social groups and ask those little questions, stay connected. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that's a, a very great way to end this episode. Oh, what a powerful message to give to everyone just to ask for help when they need it. And of course, if you have any other, I don't know, questions or any notes that you want to share with us, um, Teresa, we will also share in the in the episode notes the, the the ways to connect with you if if people or our listeners would reach out would want to reach out to you further but yeah i, I would want to give you uh, the floor for last words for our listeners well i guess uh, i'd like to just link back with pwi membership just to encourage those of you who are members because i'm not sure 
if this will be viewed by members or non-members <laughs> or whoever. Um, for those of you who are members, take advantage of all of the PWI resources. Go to events that you may not think are necessarily for you. You know, even if you're not an entrepreneur, go to the entrepreneurial lunch and find out what they're doing. Even if you're not a, a STEAM woman, go to one of the STEAM events and find out what's going on. Uh, you can learn from people who have diverse views of the world. And there's so many smart and intelligent women in PWI doing some amazing things. So if you're a member, use your membership to its fullest. Connect, reach out, and, and uh, leverage that. And for those of you who aren't yet members, we hope <laughs> you become members. Yeah, that's really nice. Thank you so much, Teresa. I hope to see you in person soon and have a, like a really a coffee chat. <laughs> but we've enjoyed this episode and I know our listeners would have to have. Yeah, I, I would say goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of PWI Ignite Podcast. We hope you enjoyed learning about Teresa Nera, her professional path, and two great tips on finding a mentor. Please join us next episode when we will be interviewing Jessica Lutz, another amazing board member of the PWI. Until next time.